0: You're invited to take a vacation, from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens, and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today, or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a thousand dollars savings plan deposit for sixth through twelfth graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org/register.
1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
2: You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
1: What's good, everybody? It is the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me. My fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, at the owners meetings, we heard from Joe Ellis, team CEO, team president, also one of three members on the Pat Bowen Trust, that the number, total number of uh, submittals for the Broncos ownership sale, the auction to be, was somewhere like between seven and I don't know. What was the fee? It was weird, dude. Like no less than seven, no more than 19. That's all I can tell you. Well, it turns out Friday when the initial bids were submitted, there were only five ownership groups submitted. So five different groups submitted. We're going to go through this, but it's kind of interesting to know uh, at least two of, we don't know all five names. We do knew, uh, know now those act. two additional names besides the Walmart heir, Rob Walton, who are in on this. I'll pull it up, but what was your reaction?
0: I mean, my reaction has been the same. As long as Rob Walton is not convicted of a crime between now and the summer, I think he's going to be the next owner of the Broncos. When you have $70 billion and the next candidate has five or four, how can anyone compete with that? If he wants him, I believe it will be Rob Walton's team. And this is all just a uh, window dressing to make the franchise look more uh, appreciative and make him look like more of a valuable franchise. But I believe Rob's the front runner for a reason. I heard he's already submitted a bid. Maybe he did it behind the scenes. Maybe that report was erroneous, but it seems like all the uh, machinations are pointing to Rob owning the Broncos in due time.
1: So Luke Patterson, shout out, had the article for us, and uh, it was Sportico that really got into the nitty gritty. But here is what Luke writes. Quote, The Sportico report lists Walmart heir Rob Walton, who is the world's 19th richest billionaire, Josh Harris of, this is a new name, Josh Harris of Apollo Global Management, previously of the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers, and Todd Boley, a L.A. Dodgers investor, as the three publicly named suitors to have submitted initial offers to purchase the Broncos. However, the other two bids did not reveal the names of the potential buyers due to exclusive privacy and anonymity on what's being estimated to be the largest sale of a professional sports team all time expected to fall in the 3.8 to 4 billion dollar range. So, Zach, for those that were pining and hoping to see and read the name Robert F. Smith, right? The United States' richest black man. He could be one of those two groups not named. But we don't know that yet. There's two of these groups. For whatever reason, they didn't want any of their information leaking out.
0: Maybe it's uh, Peyton Manning and John Elway in one of the other groups. That was the rumor in the beginning. You never know. I mean, there's a reason why uh, they're being a little mysterious with it. We don't know the uh, the anonymity of the people involved. But I still believe Rob is going to be the, the owner. How do you know, how do you compete with 70 billion? If you, even if you add up jo- Josh Harris and Todd Bowley and all these other people, I believe their net worth would fall short of uh, Rob Walton. So,
1: Well, here's the thing. These two names that we have now sussed to the surface, besides Rob Walton, um, both have pro sport pedigree. Josh Harris, of course, NBA, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, and then Boley is a Los Angeles Dodgers investor. Now, if you go and Google uh, any images of Boley, you're going to find him. Heavily tied to the L.A. Dodgers, you know, showing up at the games. The image on this story, for example, is him at at a Dodger game. So that's at least to me because Bronco fans, you know, there's this part of Broncos country that is agonizing, worrying over. Could this be like are we about to inherit, for lack of a better term, as a fan base, you know, the next Dan Snyder, the next just complete fool and buffoon billionaire that's not going to take the Pat Bolin legacy seriously, that's not going to take the mile-high expectations thing seriously, and just like you've talked about, Zach, look at the Denver Broncos as just another item on the portfolio to kind of strengthen their financial 10,000-foot um, picture, at least in this case. We don't know if that's true of, Robert, uh, of Rob Walton. However, his ties to the Cronkie family would intimate that he at least understands what it takes to really be a good owner in a pro league. But Josh Harris, NBA history, Bully Dodgers history. So that's at least on some level that should be, we don't know the character details yet, Zach, I'm rambling here a little bit, but we don't know the character details of these two men, but at least they have an experience in having been baptized in pro sport expectation.
0: It's like damned. If you do damned, if you don't though in Broncos country, that doesn't want a Daniel Snyder, Jerry Jones type of meddler, but they don't want a guy who's going to look at the Broncos as a portfolio builder. You want the guy in the middle. Those guys aren't easy to find. The good thing is Rob Walton has the deepest pockets or he would of any owner in the NFL and the Broncos want to acquire a player, hand out a new contract. They don't have to worry about liquid cash any longer with Rob Walton in charge. You you kind of maybe would have that worry with someone like Harris or Boley whose net worth is more, Dare I say, disposable? It's 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 less. It's more finite than Rob Wald. Seventy billion can last forever, generations. I want the owner with the deep pockets, the owner that's not going to meddle, the owner that's not going to bring shame to the franchise, a la Daniel Slander. So among the group, Rob sticks out to me.
1: Uh, Scott is telling me, Bowley Todd Bowley is also one of the finalists for a three billion dollar Chelsea Football Club across the pond. Football being meaning soccer. Right. So he's uh, he's trying to get in on things. He's trying to. Now, let me read this last little bit here, Zach, and then we'll jump into the chat and see what's on everyone's mind. But uh, this is from the Sportico article, quote, all five Bronco groups are expected to have minority investors, a stated priority of NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. While that's difficult to require in an estate sale because the trustees have a fiduciary obligation to sell to the highest qualified bidder. Goodell has spoken openly about the league's belief that it can diversify its ranks while maximizing the value of the club. There are very few non-white NFL owners, even among team limited partners, close quote. So of those other, uh, you know, they got the, there there's minority involvement in some of these groups, but I'm still dying to know how much of, you know, if one of those two groups involves Robert F Smith and uh, I keep forgetting the other dude's name, dude, uh, gosh dang it I'll come it'll, I'll come back to it but that's a priority for the NFL we don't yet know yet however if it's one of the finalists, is of that um, qualification.
0: What does the last sentence have to do with anything though? They talk about fiduciary responsibility and, and the value of the franchise, and they talk about race. It, it's just shoehorning that in for the sake of shoehorning it in and having a black investor, minority investor, it, it's a sham. And it's the same thing of why people hate the Rooney rule. You're doing it just for the sake of doing it and not because of merit. Right. So I hope it's the best owner for the franchise among those group. It, it does seem like uh, Walton stands out as the, uh, the front runner
1: last thing on this, uh, the investment and financial advisement firm Allen and company is regulating the sale of this team on the behalf of the Pat Bullen trust and is expected to meet with the five prospective bidding groups alongside team representatives in early May for what it's worth. Sam Bam, what's good, bro? Thank you for that very, very generous super chat, dude. Thank you. Really appreciate you, my friend. He says, hello, Chad and Zach. Hello, Broncos country. Ready to do up the podcast and then season six of Better Call Saul. Week and a half until the draft. Go Broncos. Yeah, we're stoked on the draft. I want to talk about that. But first, real quick, Better Call Saul. Bro, you'll not find a bigger fan of Breaking Bad than yours truly. I gave the first season of Better Call Saul a try because that dude was a joy. When his when he entered the Breaking Bad storyline, um, it was awesome. Like he just it was great. That first season, and people tell me, no, you gotta grind through season one, dude. Once you get past season one, it's like phenomenal. Dude, season one to me was an absolute bleak, dour snooze fest i i don't know so you'll have to tell me sam bam if it's really worth trying to muscle through that but zach we're gonna be at the draft we're looking forward to it we're stoked we want to see as many of you there as possible next week it'll be here before you know it
0: yeah can't wait to meet y'all in uh, vegas we're very excited about going and uh quick little uh roll call anyone who plans to be there who's listening right now let us know we love to get a little uh list going so can't wait to see y'all out there
1: a uh we'll call it a uh digital rsvp of sorts travis weber in the house what is good bro one of the biggest bronco fans i've ever known he says whoever is the next owner uh it will will show the love and passion like mr bowen did so are you are you trying to will that into existence before we went live tonight we were talking about the secret right the law of attraction if any of you have ever read that book the secret perhaps zach that's what travis big t is trying to do here will into existence an owner that will do those things.
0: I think if you're expecting anyone to be Pat Boland you're going to be disappointed. There's only one Pat Boland and unfortunately he's no longer with us. We have to hope whoever the next owner is, just makes the Broncos a better franchise. I think the football people, the the players and the coaches and, and the general manager and the personnel there, they will do their best to keep the Broncos competitive, keep the Broncos a winning team. I just want the owner, whoever it is to add that little extra with his pocketbook to make the Broncos a better, more legitimate, respected franchise.
1: Kenneth bite your tongue. If this isn't true, dude, bite your tongue. This better be true to say. Ultimately, I think better call Saul turned out to be better than breaking bad. Like that's, that's saying something. It's like, have you ever seen that clip from Family Guy where uh, Peter Griffin's talking about, you know, the cool kids of the movies, the, the shows that everyone considers to be the greatest of all time? Breaking Bad and The Wire. Breaking Bad and The Wire. Uh, yes, indeed. That is a bold statement, my friend. Uh, the Wire's good. Another one, you kind of got to grind through the first season or so when you so you can get invested. But, I mean, you got Stringer Bell in that. It uttered one of the most legit lines of... Uh, Any movie or, you know, television. If you come at the king, you best not miss.
0: Straight Do you up. watch The Wire. You like Sopranos, dude. You like some HBO I'm, programming. That's what I was gonna say, bro. Like, uh, so, Sopranos to me is the greatest show of all time, and I would it's, it's that and then everything else. I mean, I try to get into Breaking Bad, I try to get into Ozark. I, I never liked Game of Thrones, it was Sopranos and everything else. Before that, there was Oz on HBO, which I loved. I like Oz, too. Oz, the first three years, was pretty great, but Sopranos is to me the goat. Of all TV shows, did you remember Beecher from from yeah. Oz,
1: dude? The poor put upon, yeah, freaking flagellated Beecher, man. Yeah, that that's, poor. That's Broncos
0: country since 2016. We're all <laughs> biased, Beecher,
1: Beecher country. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, maybe I need to give Better Call Saul another swing at the plate. Appreciate that. Uh, Scott's saying the Wire is maybe his number one. I love the Wire too. I'm really into the Wire. It, it, it sucks you in eventually, and the storytelling and the character stuff. It's so good. That was back when, if HBO produced a series, it was going to be good. Like you knew it would be good. Even Oz, like, I think Oz predated The Sopranos, if I'm not it mistaken, did. in terms of timeline. Right. That
0: set the 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 bar. You know that that set the table for The Sopranos to do what it did, and every other show that came after it, having that sort of violence on HBO, a non network uh, channel. I'm looking at. It, I, I, I'm a big TV buff, and I, I love watching these shows in the past. But uh, yeah, Sopranos, and then and everything else.
1: Plum Bob. What's going on, brother? Appreciate the super. He says, I've heard Zach say for weeks that he wants Kansas City week one under the lights. I can't agree more. I want everyone to see us curb stomp Casey week one to show we for real, for real. real. Hey, it only took me like a half a beat. I got the syntax. But what do you think,
0: Zach? I still want that. It's, it's seeming like uh, the, the the scuttlebutt has been the Broncos opening on Thursday, the first Thursday against the Rams at Los Angeles, the, the season kickoff. Could be the Bills, though, against the Rams in that game. Um, I would love for the Broncos to open up either at Kansas City or Denver. doesn't matter. Just primetime week one. Get that streak over with. Establish dominance in the West and show Patrick Mahomes and company that Russell Wilson is now king of the mountaintop, and y'all best uh, obey that.
1: It would be really cool to see that as a nationally televised game, I'll tell you. Andrew Lampy, what's good, bro? Great to see you. Thank you for the stars. We really do appreciate that. In fact, while I'm while we're on the topic of stars, I might as well update you guys on where things stand here on day 18 in the month of April. We're trying to reach 250,000 stars this month. When we do, we will raffle off a another Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing, and only those who contribute to the goal are in the running for that raffle. But sadly, the news is we're at 23%. So we got a lot of ground to make up, and that's helping out right there, Andrew Lampy. And again, guys, stars, we appreciate it. It's another way to help support us, keep the lights on. Uh, it's, a, it's a way that we can monetize our efforts and the time and energy we put into this uh, every single night on Facebook. So, Andrew, you the man. Appreciate you. Uh, wait a minute now. you're You're freaking throwing me for a loop here, Josh. Like, if I didn't know... I'd be tripping. I'd be like, yo, who is this Vikings? He says, takes the cake for me. Damn good show. That is an underrated show. I mean, we're bogging down the conversation here a little bit, but we're in the off season. So pound sand, if you don't like it. I mean, it is what it is. Vikings, uh, Ragnar, Lothbrok or whatever, right? That's cool, dude. You learn, Zach, how the Vikings figured out because in the real quick for most of the existence of the Vikings, when they would go, you know, they would live for the year on what they brought back from their summer ravages. They just follow the European coast south, right? And just like rape and pillage, bring back slaves, bring back resources. And then that would feed them through those brutal winters, like in Norway and Denmark and Sweden and all that. And But they were stuck to the coast because for navigational purposes in the open water, you didn't know which where you were going unless you could see keep sight of the coast. And this Ragnar, he, uh, through the, I can't even remember, through a slave or something, he learns about a sundial. And he, and how that can help you navigate on the open water without being in sight of shore, and boom, all of a sudden the Vikings become they can go to so many different places, and it's actually really well done. It's on the History Channel, but don't let that don't let that turn you off. It's not some kind of uh, you know documentary or anything. It's really well done.
0: Let me know when they find a quarterback, the Vikings. We got Michaela Michaela Bomb coming in nine ninety nine super. Thank you so much so much Michaela. We definitely appreciate that. So nice. I said it twice. Thank you, Michaela. Uh, she goes, well, Peyton group uh, bid meeting Peyton Manning. I'm assuming would love a football man. We don't know. That could be one of the uh, undisclosed names in the, in the group, but they're, they are millionaires. They're not billionaires. And there's a distinct difference between the two letters there. If anyone wants to go toe to toe with Rob Walton, they, they simply can't. If you're worth 500 million, that's literally couch cushion money for someone of the Walmart fortune.
1: Uh. Indeed. But it would be real cool to see Peyton involved again at, at some level. But we just don't yet know if, you know, he was working up a bid. I don't know. I don't know why it went from so many potential different players to only five bids being submitted. Perhaps, Zach, it has something to do with the qualifying process and the vetting and whatnot. I don't know exactly, but it would be cool to see Peyton involved.
0: Yeah. I mean, or Elway. I mean, imagine John Elway owning the piece of the Broncos or being the Broncos owner, Super Bowl winning quarterback, Super Bowl winning general manager, maybe Super Bowl winning owner. That's Elway for you, the triple crown, but we don't know. We'll have to see how it shakes out. My gut is telling me Walton, but maybe these other guys team up and become the Voltron of Denver and uh, assume control of the franchise.
1: Indeed. Indeed. All right. Let's see what else is on everybody's mind in the chat. Hey, shout out to Ernie. Big Ernie in the house. What's going on, Ern? Good to see you, my friend. Shout out to Kathy. Shout out to Albert and uh, his wife, Michelle. We're, you've been in our thoughts and prayers, my friend, your wife and, and your family. So for what it's worth, uh, we got uh, James Hyatt in the house. Uh, Walton, if he wins the bid, he says, would be the richest NFL team owner. Well, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, he's the 19th richest dude in the world. Uh, no one in the NFL business—I could pull it up—but I don't think they come even close to Rob Walton's multi-generational wealth.
0: I think Tepper would be the closest one in Carolina.
1: Yeah, and I don't even know what he's worth, but the the amount of money it cost him to purchase the Carolina Panthers will be about half of what the Broncos go for. You know, I mean, think about that—the Denver Broncos, this small market team from the 1960s that couldn't. You know, barely could get their their foot in the door in the AFL. Now being sold in 2022 for something approaching four billion dollars, like boggles the mind. Really, how? I mean, inflation's a thing. We get that. Like, you know, it's like my my grandpa would tell me stories about how you could take a nickel when I was a little boy, go down to the candy store and come away with you know baskets and baskets. A nickel doesn't stretch Zach as far nowadays as it did back then. I get that, but. The NFL, man, it just turned into a juggernaut. Um, when do you think that was, dude? What When was the turning point? from? Because when I was coming up, NFL was popular, obviously. Like in the 80s and 90s, it was popular. But NBA and MLB still seemed to be like more kind of captivating of America at large. And then somewhere along the way, dude, like maybe late 90s, early 2000s, I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it. The NFL just left everybody in the dust, and now it's not even close.
0: Well, that's when it became America's game, America's pastime, took over for baseball, and just uh, it, it went from just a, a secondary sport to like must see TV in every single household, multi, multi, multi billion dollar enterprise. And lately, the rise of sports gambling has made every franchise that much richer. And the Broncos, you, know, you mentioned since the late nineties, how much success have they had? Throw away twenty sixteen to twenty twenty one. I mean, you're talking about multiple titles, multiple AFC championships, division titles. That's why they are what they are. They're, they're they really are a luxurious franchise for a small market team. They have a lot of legacy to them, and that's why they're uh, going to cost a pretty penny.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that all changed when that the majority of that what when people think Denver Broncos, and I'm not talking fans. I'm just talking at large. When they think Denver Broncos, they're thinking of Elway and beyond. They're not really thinking about Orange Crush 78. They're not really thinking about, you know, the 1960 clubs. I mean, Floyd Little finally got into the Hall of Fame, and that was great. They recognized the franchise and all that. But Pat Bolin was the catalyst that just basically turned the ship around for the Denver Broncos. And they, you know, they've been missing him for. When did he step down, Zach? I want to say it was summer of 2014, I believe, is when he had to step down because of the ravages of Alzheimer's. The Duchess, again, love you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, She says, I'm not sure Rob Walton would make a good owner. Is he passionate about football? That makes a difference. I feel you on that. I really do. Like, that's why I was bringing up early on in the show. Hey, these other two guys, like, who knows how much they know about football? but at least they have experience in the pro sport realm. And, um, you know, you would assume guys that are that resourceful, wealthy, whatever, uh, that that could serve them.
0: Uh, yeah. Again, though, you don't want too passionate because then you get Jerry Jones or then you get Daniel Snyder or a meddlesome <laughs> owner, but you, you want a guy who's, who knows what he's doing, who knows the concept of football. But I'm confident enough in who the Broncos have in charge. General manager George Payton, head coach Nathaniel Hackett, quarterback Russell Wilson. I want to see this team win. That's priority number one. Whoever owns the team is priority number two. They can help the franchise if it comes down to money or paying a player, doing this or that, stadium upgrades, renovations, but winning football games is first and foremost. And they have the guys in charge already to get that done.
1: Zach, I'm going to test your memory real quick. When I said we were behind the eight ball on, on, um, Oh, no, here we are. Yeah, so where it's – guys, already, since I brought that up, um, where we're at on the Stars goal, we've already climbed a a percentage point, which is good for one show. Like, even if that's all we did tonight, that's really good. Guys, real quick, here's your update on the Super Chat Superstar competition on YouTube. Top five finishers on Super Chat cumulatively. Their names go in a hat. We draw Broncos jersey. Right now, Ethan, the DWI guys, at number one, his jersey on the way from – because he was a winner from last month. On the way, takes a minute to, if you're in the United States for what it's worth, maybe this can help you guys at some point if you ever come across this, but you can't just buy something and have it shipped across the pond. You have to buy it, have it shipped to you, and then yourself go box it up and mail it across the pond. Anyway, Ethan at number one, The Duchess at number two, Dale at number three, D-Dub, Pobby at four. It's been great seeing Poppy back in the chats uh, of late. And then Tom. At number five, really cool. Nothing but a G thing. At uh, number six, you can see uh, Nash, the Queen, Daniel, Sam Bam, Cottonmouth, Corey H., the Bugmeister, KB, etc. So there's your update on the Super Chat competition for the month of April. Phil, what's up, bro? Appreciate you. He says, do the bidders get a second chance? Is it one bid and done? You know, I'm not sure on that. I'm really not. I would assume... That there is an I mean the NFL wants to glean Zach as much value out of that sale as they possibly can. And the trust has, as we've talked about, a fiduciary responsibility to get top dollar, the the toppity tippity toppest dollar that you can get. So I would assume in the spirit of competition, when you're talking about supply and demand, that they'll um, they'll why would all five of them be meeting with team representatives next month if that highest bid already did it. Like I would guess that they're going to have an opportunity to match, exceed all that in uh, the coming weeks. I don't know all the details. This is such a rare occurrence, by the way, in the NFL that, I mean, even the like hard, um, you know, the, the hardcore uh, weathered journals that are into this type of thing, like on the sports side, like um, Nikki Javala, formerly of the Denver post is a good example. Like this type of stuff is what she gets paid to do. Like roll her sleeves up into this stuff and like become an expert I mean, this is still very new stuff. I, I doubt she knows everything there is to know on the subject.
0: God bless her, because I can't do it consistently. I get I, I roll my eyes at this type of stuff. I I glaze over. But second chance, I don't think so. I think it'll be like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, or in this case, a billionaire. Is that your final answer? Is that your final bid? You get your what's the most you're going to do? You put that in. Whoever has the highest bid owns the Broncos. End of story. I think. We'll ask Nikki.
1: We shall see, Greg. Yeah, of course, dude. Anytime you guys reach out with an email or a DM, we're going to reply. We're going to reply. Appreciate you. Rando from the great white North in Alaska. Great to see you, bro. How you been? He says, thank you, priest. Dropping some stars. I'll listen later tonight. I'm rooting for Rob Walton to become the owner. Interesting. Thank you, Randy. Really great to see you, bro. Appreciate that. Thanks, Randy. GLP, another legendary figure in our community. Gary Leach Palmer says, less than a week till the draft. Can't wait for George Payton to work more magic. Denver Broncos for life. Let's ride. That's right. It'll be here before you know it. It's a little bit of, uh, you know, draft us, interrupt us. You know, it's like the anticipation on, on, uh, you know, your wedding night or whatever, and you got to wait till the next day. It's like that for Bronco fans. You're like, all right, the draft, we're so like stoked to see what's going to happen on the first round. And then wait a minute, we don't get a, oh, Zach, your line was the best on this though. You do have a first-round pick. His name's Russell Wilson. So you just got to find out who your first-round pick was a couple months in advance.
0: And the good thing is, you might have to wait, but the honeymoon's going to last about five months, not you know a couple nights. That's what's going to be this football season. Having Russell Wilson, Hackett, and the whole rejuvenated Broncos locker room going to win a lot of football games, and it's going to start in the draft in Vegas. We'll be there. Cannot wait. Bart Scott voice. Can't wait.
1: Can't wait. On that subject, uh, that reminds me. I'm going to grab the bookmeister, and then there was an article that Luke wrote. Luke published two articles today, grinding. He's freaking grinding uh, on the subject of Russell Wilson that I'm going to come back to here in just a second. But first, the Bugmeister. What's good, bro? He says, great value at Mile High Stadium. Oh, football gods, give us good luck. Yeah, I don't know how much those two streams would really cross, to be honest with you. I mean, there's... I. I I guess there's a chance they could, but I don't think you're going to see it become Walmart Stadium. You know those those two things are separate. Plus, he has nothing to do with Walmart anymore. He's not even on the board anymore. He sold out his uh, I don't know about his shares and all that stuff, but like his interest as a uh, you know shot caller executive, he's he stepped down and passed it on. What was I reading, Zach? Was it to his younger brother or no? It was his his son-in-law took over for him at uh, walmart for what it's worth
0: yeah i joke about it like you know great value field at mile high but he's only he's associated with walmart because he's a walton simple as that he really like chad laid out has less and less to do with it so he's a really 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 rich guy who has an interest in owning a professional football team that's what we know about rob walton how he governs as owner we shall find out maybe
1: we shall see the Oi Boy himself again, Josh, this time from a different handle on YouTube saying, I'm sorry to throw you off, Chad. I have two channels on YouTube, one for hobbies and music and personal interests and one for politics, philosophy, education. That aside, though, I want to see W's despite ownership. I feel you. By the way, I mean, the number of YouTube accounts I have because of all my kids, you know, they want a YouTube account. OK, cool. We'll create your little account, and I gotta have it on my phone. My wife and I, so we can, like keep track of what they're what they're doing. Um, but yes, Zach, it all comes down to the product on the field. We kind of start glazing over a little bit when we get into the whole ownership thing. But honestly, Zach, that was when it was so far down the road, and it was such a big, I don't know, convoluted picture that it almost wasn't worth our time. It was very Game of Thrones-ish in terms of which of the Bolognese is going to emerge on top of this and become king of the hill. But now that it's coalescing toward a resolution, I'm perked up a little more. I want to know what's going on. I want to know who it's going to be. So, But at the end of the day...
2: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at alliantenergy.com/rebates.
1: Product on the field. Let's hope that does not get impacted for the worst anyway. By the coming ownership change
0: that's been my my credo all along I mean I really don't care who owns the Broncos as long as they win football games and I hearken back to last season didn't they lose 22-9 in one of the Kansas City games wasn't it 19-9 22-9 that was
1: the second one yep
0: they didn't lose that game because they had no owner they lost that game because they didn't have an offense they didn't have the right horses on the field now they do so whether it's Walton, Bowley, whoever uh, a random ownership group as long as they have the football guys in place, which they do, the Broncos will be okay.
1: Zach, and then we're going to grab Michaela here. Do you remember who the defensive prospect was? The only defensive prospect drafted higher than Bradley Chubb in 2018. Denzel Ward. That's right. He got paid my, today. My dog got paid a $100 million extension on five-year deal. So congrats to him. Bradley, that's what can await for you, my dog. If you can stay on the field, uh, you're going to get paid likewise. Michaela. Again, thank you, my friend. She says, whoever the new owner is, they need to invest in a new stadium with a retractable roof. Would be a great host for a Super Bowl. Thank you all. Yeah, that's the reason why, you know, the Broncos' only chance at trying to get in on the hosting a Super Bowl conversation, Zach, was that one year the NFL decided to uh, shake things up and uh, consider cold weather destinations, and it ended up being MetLife Stadium and Peyton Manning in the freaking cold um, but if the Broncos had an environmental, you know, a stadium that could be environmentally controlled with a retractable roof, that opens the door for all kinds of possibilities, including the Super Bowl.
0: I don't know. I mean, me being a traditionalist, I, I think I'm I'm leaving well enough alone. It would kind of ruin, I mean, I know you can open the roof, but it would kind of ruin the home field advantage the Broncos have during the season of being that cold weather, blustery, windy, mile high environment. I don't think it's coming to Denver, The the great value brand roof. If Rob Walton <laughs> owns the team, I think they're going to leave it alone.
1: Hopefully, if they do, it's it's better than a great value brand roof. You know what I'm saying? Like the great value brands, like the the D brand or whatever. Yeah. Um, here's the article I alluded to from Luke Patterson, published as you can see here, three hours ago. Title: Former Wisconsin Head Coach Brett Bielema. Is that how you say it? Biel B, Bielma, Bielma? I forget how to say his name. Russell Wilson will set a standard. Quote: No one else can match an interesting um, remark that he gave to uh, the Colorado Springs Gazette's George Stoya. This is Russell Wilson's former college head coach, by the way. Quote, he'll set the standard, Will Russ, and the expectation that no one else can match. He'll prepare, practice, rehearse, and put himself in a position that when it comes time to compete at the highest level of competition, he'll be the standard for what everybody else has to be at. I know that's what he did in college. I know he did that in Seattle, and I know he'll do it in Denver. Closed quote. So, Zach, uh, that no one else can match. Your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, it sounds like a former head coach talking about one of his former players, honestly. Uh, it, it's true, though. I, he holds himself, Russell Wilson does, to a very high standard. He's known to be a, a really, really intense uh, prepared football player who lives and breathes the sport. People talk about his robotic personality. I think he's pretty genuine and he will bring that to Denver. And I think anyone like, I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. Brett would say you compare any quarterback to Russell Wilson in the last five years in the Broncos and Russell Wilson looks like, cause he is a future hall of famer. So it's, it's a nice, again, when it's April 18th and we have nothing else to go on, it's nice to hear about that. But ultimately what will matter, what Russell Wilson does on the field this fall with the Broncos, and I think he's going to do well.
1: By the way, it's B-Lama. That's weird. I'm looking at it, the spelling of it, and it's – I'm trying to see. Let's, let me see. b llama b Okay, I got it. I, I can see that. B-Lama. Um, all right. We got Cottonmouth 78 throwing down. What's good, bro? So he said, I thought Homer Simpson was the Broncos owner. When Hank Scorpio took over the West Coast, he gave the Broncos to Homer. I don't, I don't, I'm lost on this. I stopped watching The Simpsons when I was a teenager, probably, but I'm old enough. This will, this will date me here, Zach. I'm old enough to remember the cultural phenomenon that The Simpsons quickly became and being envious of the kids at school whose parents were cool enough to buy him a Bart Simpson shirt that said, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? Had a freaking H-E double hockey sticks on their t-shirt wearing it to school. I was like, Oh dude, that's dope. Mom, can I She's like, child please? But I don't know, dude. Other than that, I don't get the joke. Cause I'm not, I'm not wise on Simpsons.
0: Chad, eat your shorts. <laughs> this was a a classic Simpson. I mean, I'm not gonna be a Simpsons historian. Let's just say that it's it's good that Frank Grimes doesn't own the Broncos franchise because he was a down on his luck kind of guy.
1: Although it is quite a trip how the Simpsons have predicted the future in so many different yeah. ways in the decades now that they've been um, in in production. But um, all right, let me let me shift gears here for just a second. Um. Albert Okuwebunam, Zach, for what it is worth. And then we'll get we'll get back to the chat. Let not your hearts be troubled. Um, Albert Okuwebunam had a nice little uh, side chat with Phil Milani of the team website. Because the Broncos have been back in the building, OTAs. Uh, we're going to get to hear from some players tomorrow, for example. It's going to be cool. We'll have a lot to talk about when we come back Wednesday. And Kayaka is supposed to be on the show with us Wednesday night. We're stoked on that. But Albert Okwebenam, it was interesting the way Phil Milani posed this question, talking about, you know, because he's talking about the energy and just like this kind of swagger that the team, this spark, this, you know, this juice, this jump start they've had. And Phil Milani assumes that he's attributing that to the arrival of Russell Wilson. And Albert Okwebenam corrects him and says, honestly, no, that starts with Coach Hackett coming in here and establishing that from the jump in everything we do from the meeting room to just the way we conduct ourselves. It's had a huge impact so far. And then Zach, he says, last thing here, really, first and foremost, this is Alberto, Hackett just wants to connect to us as people and then just express how much he cares about this team and what he's willing to do to protect us as a team. Just him expressing that from his heart, I think that's where – he initiated that kind of sense of connection. It was really good. So, Zach, if Nathaniel Hackett trying to establish that one-on-one personal bond with the dudes, with the fellas, before he starts trying to kind of boss him around and lead him around, that's a different tact. That's not a tact. Fangio took. That's not a tact. VJ took. And let's face it, that wasn't a tact. Gary Kubiak took. Maybe a little bit John Fox, but he was a a, a player's coach. Um, but still, I think a little bit more aloof than the way Hackett is kind of posturing himself early on here as Broncos head coach,
0: man, you, you took my Dr. Thunder there, Chad, because I was going to say, pull up the quote from Vic fan or from Alberto talking about Fangio that way, or Pat Shermer. And I'll wait while you do that. It didn't happen. They, you know they hired Hackett. They loved Hackett. They fell in love with him. George Payton did because of his football prowess. Obviously, um, you know, uh, his offensive play calling, what he can do there. But the way he connects people, his energy, his personality. We all played the clip before he got hired, weeks before, of him getting like orgasmic over a play fake that he was playing in a in a meeting. That's the type of guy that Nathaniel Hackett is, and they've long lacked that. In the Mile High City, even going back to Gary Kubiak, he was a little more stoic than people remember him being. They haven't had this firebrand in the locker room leading them like Nathaniel Hackett is. So that's why any player would love to play for him. But when you're an offensive player and you're playing under Hackett, you're extra hype. And Albert O is extra hype.
1: I like that firebrand. Andre Williams jumping in. What's good, bro? Welcome. Connect on Twitter. Appreciate that super chat. He says, I love the show. Keep up the good work. Can't wait to see MHH grow more. Thank you, Andre. So kind of you, my friend. Yeah, it has really, uh, MHH has kind of taken on a life of its own. And it's thanks to you guys. It's kind of grown out of the podcast because MHH was always very successful on, um, you know, the written side of things. We've always done very, very well, lots and lots of traffic. But it's kind of a separate ecosystem since we started doing these live stream podcasts. Like if, if we didn't have these banners behind us, Zach, these backdrops probably most people who listen to us every day and contribute to the conversation would have no idea that we're sports illustrated, that we're fan nation Um, because the streams have kind of separated. We try to keep them, you know, I try to go through and read show you guys the articles and all that stuff. But what I'm getting at here is the way MHH has grown on social media from Facebook to uh, YouTube in particular, I think we're about to cross 15,000 subs, which to us is like mind blowing It's thanks to you guys. So Andre, you're one of those uh, thanks that we we throw out and shout out. Appreciate you.
0: Yeah, thank you, Andre. And it's funny you bring that up. I was looking at our subscriber count the other day. I was going on the channel, and – Remember, we celebrated a thousand and then five thousand, and we seemed like that was so much, and we were so grateful. And now it's almost fifteen thousand. It's because of each and every one of you, as Chad said, we are eternally grateful. And we, let, we try to show our thanks and appreciation as much as we can. But, Andre, because of comments like that, we're doing what we're doing, and we absolutely love what we're doing. Yes,
1: yes, we do. We pinch ourselves every single day. Savage Boy Kev on the Twitch machine saying, I would love Walton. To become Broncos owner, discounts on Broncos gear at Walmart. Let's go! Yeah, it would be cool to see. It'd be cool to see. But um, again, he's—you know—he's probably when we say he's no longer involved with Walmart. I mean, that's from a technical uh, perspective, I guess. When it's your son-in-law running things now. I mean, put yourself in your, anyone who has, you know, children old enough to be married or, you know, even old enough to have a boyfriend, serious boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. It's like, hey, if you take your business or what you're doing and you hand it off to your daughter's husband, odds are that you're still kind of, if you want something to go down, it's still going to go down because you're Papa Bear, you're Daddy. So anyway, but technically speaking, he's no longer involved with Walmart
0: will probably be called the, the Brancos or something, but the the point is not lost on us, Savage Boy. And uh, I don't think it's going to be that drastic. It's not going to be a thing. A lot of Broncos fans chatter worrying about the new owner selling the team, like relocating the team to another city. That's not going to happen. They're not going anywhere. I don't think they're going to play in a different stadium. I don't think their uniform is going to change. It's the same Broncos that most of us know and love very well, just with the new owner at the top providing his uh, his bankroll.
1: Joey wants to know on YouTube, Are we doing an all-hands draft prep coming this week? I think what you're alluding to, Joey, is our annual roundtable mock draft, the mile-high roundtable that we've done for years and years. And yes, we're going to be doing that. It's going to be probably a little bit different flavor this year because uh, depending on exactly what day we ultimately do it next week, Zach and I are going to be traveling and stuff, so i um, not sure 100% yet how involved Zach and I are going to be able to be on that particular show, but yes, that show will be streaming live Thursday night, Friday during the draft and Saturday during the draft. And then separate from that, Zach and I will be there uh, reporting, doing stuff, content will be thrown up videos, live streams in and around the main live stream that's going to be happening while the draft is, is going on, but we're going to be like literally in the draft, so how much Zach and I will be able to be involved in those Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday day live streams while the draft's going on. I am dubious that we'll be able to be that involved. It'll be after and before.
0: We have a lot of cool content ideas coming for, uh, for the draft and we're excited to debut them. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting down there with you, Chad and uh, executing.
1: Heck yeah. This. Heck yeah. Uh, oh, Travis thrown down some sons of anarchy. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Yeah, dude. Um. after Clay, I, I, sh- I probably shouldn't spoil it, but when the way the Clay storyline resolved, I ended up kind of losing interest in it a little bit, kind of dragged out. They didn't f- have a smart way to kind of end it, but still that's a great, the first four or five seasons of that phenomenal, the last kingdom, Zach, I've never heard of that. I don't even know what that is. No. Do you No. but no. I'll check it out, dude. Uh, that gives, gives me something to switch. Um, okay. Let me see here. Um, this is right. Albert when we talk about the way MHH has grown and this is we're not trying to sit here and flex and congratulate ourselves it was brought up and we appreciate it but Albert is right one of the reasons we have grown the way we have is because of you not just showing up and and for lack of a better term patronizing our product watching this live streams participating all that throwing down supers and stars and all that but when we throw out a call to action and say hey like the video if you're on YouTube like it if you're on Facebook share it out there You guys do a phenomenal job of uh, heeding those calls to action and taking care of business for us. So thank you very much. Thank you, Albert. Howie freaking day in the freaking house, throwing down some freaking stars. I love it, dude. Good to see you, Howie. Thank you, buddy. Much obliged. Ain't nothing but a G-Thang Hill, saying with a freaking baller super chat. Broncos players are excited about football like we are and Hackett being the coach he is uh building relationships can't wait to see how we play we'll see the best of this team MHH for life hashtag let's ride yeah I mean you know I'm a little bit I'm not going too far out over my skis anointing Nathaniel Hackett as the next great you know coaching brainchild of the team for one reason First of all, he's never been a head coach before. we got to see a little something-something there, but just kind of his goofiness a little bit. That kind of just, I don't know, the goofball in him. I wonder if it comes to a point where that authority figure. I'm trying to remember which Bronco was talking about this. I think it was, was it Cortland Sutton? Ah, I'm trying to remember. But it was recently in a, in, a, in a presser saying that, you know, I'm not used to having – a coach like that that's so cool and like personable and like one of the dudes. And I think he was asked, it might've not been a presser. Now I think about it It might've been a separate interview. Who was it anyway? um, The concern being, you know, well, that's all fine and dandy, but can you, can a guy like that lead? Can you take him seriously? Is the authority there? Right. And uh, that player, dang, it, I can't think of who was said as long as when the chips are down, you get in the meeting rooms You know, on the field, you know that this dude's football acumen, this dude's football knowledge and expertise is on point. That's what, you know, then all the personability and all that stuff accentuates and kind of it's the glue that pulls it all together. When that coach really is a man about his business, the players can see that. And then that's where the respect comes in. That's where the buy-in comes in. It's not just a dude trying to be bros with everybody and like, hey, I like you. Do you like me? Like, let's be friends. Time will tell exactly how that shakes out for Nathaniel Hackett, but I'm still very hopeful and optimistic and confident that it will.
0: That's how we became friends, Chad. That's a right. day. <laughs> exactly <laughs> no, that way. No, but, you know, everyone before Russell Wilson came along, who is the person everyone in Broncos country was most excited to see in 2022? It was Hackett, and so was I, and I still am. And, and just the, like I mentioned, the energy and enthusiasm and the hope he's brought back to the Broncos franchise. I mean, you're talking about a franchise, and I mean this figuratively. And sensitively, that was ODing. And Nathaniel Hackett came along and just injected a shot of Narcan right in the Broncos veins. (laughs) And they are back to life, baby. Let's run. ODing
1: on the football blues. You know, (laughs) you need some Narcan for them football blues. Uh, Tall, dark, and Mexican jumping in to say, Hey, chaps, appreciate the pod. As usual, great work. Thank you, buddy. Says, I'll listen up after some work. See y'all in Vegas. Nice. Dope. See you there. I'll have more uh, information, by the way on how to meet up with us uh, probably within the next 48 hours. By the time you see us Wednesday night, we'll be having some specifics for y'all. Ron Dub, great member of our community, legendary figure, saying, hey, guys, how many combined sacks do you predict Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb will have? And then which wide receiver has the best chance to have an offensive player of the year kind of Cooper Cup-type season, Zach?
0: I'm rolling on my sleeve. I love you, Ron. You have seriously the best questions. They genuinely make my heart happy to answer. Uh, Combined sacks. I want to just plug myself for a second. I wrote a story about Bradley Chubb. He said the sky is the limit with him and himself. Him and um, Randy Gregory, excuse me. And they look to have uh, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb type impact together. Combined sacks being realistic. Let's assume... All right, we're going to assume they both play 17 games, which is priority number one for both players. I'm going to say... They're going to eclipse 20 combined, 10 each at least. I mean, both scream off the edge, and both will complement one another because NFL offensive lines cannot double-team one or the other any longer. And the Broncos also have horses up front in Draymond, DJ Jones, Purcell to take up blocks, Ajim, to allow Gregory and Chubb to run wild. So I'm going to say, to be specific, I'm going to say 22 combined sacks for Gregory and Bradley Chubb, but six force fumbles. To add on to that. You know, we have to
1: qualify answering this question with assuming they're healthy, right? Because that's a big assumption. We Right now, Chubb's healthy. Gregory's banged up recovering from an offseason procedure. If they're both on the field, I think the floor is 20 sacks combined. And then as far as yeah. the wide receivers, um, I'm still, guys, look, we get asked this question every once in a while about which receiver is going to have the most tutties, you know, who's going to have the most yards or receptions? Uh, Judy might end up with more receptions, but I'm telling you right now, Cortland Sutton is going to explode. Thomas Hall had an article today at milehighhuddle.com. Go read it. Three Bronco offensive veterans uh, poised to become superstars in 2022. Sutton, one of those guys, and I concur with that. I think Cortland Sutton, I mean, out of the gates, you could see that um, Russell Wilson gravitated immediately to Cortland Sutton, and I think you're going to see it come out on the wash on the field for what it's worth. Cortland Sutton is going to have some huge production uh, with Russ.
0: Here's the problem, though. Unlike in L.A., the Broncos have too many weapons for one receiver to have an offensive player of the year type year like Cooper Cup. Beyond Cup in Los Angeles, there was Robert Woods And there was a couple other, you know, lesser players, but no one on Cup's level. The Broncos have not only Sutton, but Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, even KJ Hamler, Albert O, and they have a pretty damn good running back in Javante Williams. I agree that Cortland will lead the team. He will be a thousand yard guy, maybe a Pro Bowl guy. But because of so many mouths to feed, it's going to be hard for anyone to have that type of season. Like Cooper,
1: dude, Josh. Anytime I see S O A abbreviated like that, I think of this very same band, dude. Washington, D.C. Hardcore Henry Rollins of Black Flag was in SOA, yes. And it was dope. Also, he was conveniently the frontman for SOA, his first band. The Last Kingdom is great as well. Another, well, That's right. So he was in Sons of Anarchy. Henry Rollins had a role in it. Because, you know, he does. You know who Henry Rollins is, don't you, Zach? You know who we're talking about? All right. Rollins band, because I'm a liar. That guy. Legendary frontman for Black Flag before that. A hardcore band. Before that, the band he was singing in when Black Flag found him was a Washington DC band called, a hardcore band called SOA. So he was in SOA and then he acted in a role in SOA later on. Like, see, this is what I'm talking about. The law of attraction, the secret. And then The Last Kingdom, he says, is great as well. Another Viking English show similar to that of The Viking. Okay. All right. I'll remember that. Appreciate it.
0: Appreciate you, Josh. Yeah, I wanted to get to this uh, too. I want to end this show on a football question. John Chance wants to know if Chubb has a good year, maybe 15 sacks. Do you pay him next year? I say ship him off when the value is high. The problem is he's not going to be under contract after the season, so you can't trade him for anything. You'd have to resign him, you know. Or tag and, and, and trade. Or and tag and trade. trade, yeah. But he's going to be a free agent, so it's either you pay up or let him walk and get a comp pick if he signs with another team.
1: Dude, I'll tell you right now: if Chubb stays, if he meets his goal. Of being available for all 17 and he produces 15 sacks. I'm paying him. He's your number five overall pick, few years removed. I am paying him. I'm taking the chance. Just because you invested in him uh and it's
0: giving you some returns. Um I'm paying him. I'm paying him. He he also won't turn 26 guys until June. I mean, he's not plus 30 he's still very young in his career and if he overcomes his injuries he can be a damn fine pass rusher they are so hard to find i don't think many fans realize that it's one of the toughest positions in the nfl to find so if he breaks out this year under evero and stays healthy i'm paying bradley i really am
1: guys i uh we talk about this every once in a while but ownership bank accounts don't affect the size of a team's salary cap that's determined collectively by the nfl and every team, in this league anyway, uh, gets to enjoy the same salary cap and all that. But what it can help, Chance Degema, is cash on hand. If it's a billionaire uh, with resources like a Rob Walton does, it's nice to have high volumes of cash on hand for negotiation pur- uh, purposes, like you know, signing bonuses, things like that. When a player, when you see a contract that says, you know, like, Denzel Ward, I don't know the details, but spitballing here, it's a 5-year deal worth 100 million, we know that. And, you know, 55 million guaranteed with a $35 million signing bonus. Well, guess what? That signing bonus is due when they sign. So if you don't have as a as a company, you know, you want to talk about fiduciary responsibilities if you don't have that cash on hand to supply the signing bonus, and some teams, you know, they have to like really move money around, like to make sure they have that in place because their owners aren't as resourceful. Uh, and they're and even though the NFL shares revenue, that's that's the reason why the salary cap, you know, its parity is so good. <laughs> Except in for NFL. Washington,
0: they don't share anything. <laughs> right, right, right. Um,
1: but the reason for that is, uh, you know, some of these owners though they don't have the same financial resources, and so even though salary cap is they're on equal footing. You know, a guy like Jerry Jones can come in if he wants to and sweeten the pot by saying, oh, you know, I'm competing with Shad Khan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's the same deal, only he's offering 30 million at signing. Cool. Uh, I'm going to offer 35 million at signing. I'm not going to change the overall value of the contract. It's still five years, you know, 100 million, but I'm going to offer him 5 million more when he signs. That can be a, a feather in the cap for for some teams.
0: It's also good if, like, let's say the stadium has a fire and some seats are destroyed. You have an owner who has very deep pockets where it won't become an issue if you need stadium renovation, stadium upgrades. You have that. You have a, a blank check to write, and that's a pretty good uh, a position to be in for anyone, especially an NFL team.
1: Well said. Well said. And you know what? We're going to talk about this was something that Joe Ellis brought up when he was talking about the extents, uh, the extent of the damage from the fire. Supply chain issues. You know, we know what's wrong. We know what it's going to take to fix it. We know what materials we're going to need to fix it. But God only knows the availability in terms of the supply chain since the pandemic being so topsy-turvy. Well, guess what? Guess who's got the supply chain locked down, dude? Walmart. They know how to source the product. You know what I'm saying? Now, maybe that's not going to serve them well You know, when you're talking about certain kinds of
0: forged steel and all that stuff, but still, you never know. What's up, Andrew? Good to see you, bro. A rollback on stadium seating pricing. Can't wait for that to come to Denver. Appreciate you, Andrew. I think that's gonna do it though, Chad. I'm just yeah. Going we'll bounce. We'll bounce. Thanks, guys. Love you. Thank you all for tuning in with us tonight. We are off tomorrow, back on Wednesday, same time, same place, six o'clock Mountain, eight o'clock Eastern. Until that time, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter, the Mothership account at Mylie Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want a hoodie like I'm wearing, a hat like Chad's wearing, and I'm wearing all of our merch right there, at huddleuppod.com and facebook.com slash huddlepod Like that page. Follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Hey, it could be a hat. could be a coffee cup. could be each and everything, each and every month. But we, If you can't do those things, please do these three things. It takes a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHA channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans. Just like you.
1: That's right. That's right. And guys, when we talk about Zen merch store, there's so much cool stuff. And we actually have something cooking right now to really spice this thing up for you guys. But all kinds of swag, dude. I mean, this is just the front page. Probably the most commonly purchased things right there. I don't know exactly how that gets uh, ordered. But HuddleUpPod.com, guys. Go check it out. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook tonight. Throwing down. Randy. Up in Alaska, Gary, Howie, frickin' Day, Phil McFrickin' Laughlin, Andrew Lampy, Travis Weber, Andrew Baker, Rodney Garcia, John Chance with the prestigious mustache, Lawrence Rivera, and then our great super chat superstars tonight, starting with Sam Bam, Plum Bob, Chaos Josh, The Punk Rocker, The Duchess, The Bugmeister, Cottonmouth seventy eight, Andre Williams, a newer name throwing down. Love seeing that. Uh, ain't nothing but a G-Thang Hill, Ron Dub, legend, and once again, bringing up the rear at the very end with a different account, Josh the Oy Boy, you know, trying to uh, make it hard on us, you know what I'm saying? All right, love you guys. Oh, and a Zachary Peterson at the 11th Hour, Zach, we got a Hail Mary with the clock hitting double zeros saying... How much of an impact will Hackett have on Wilson getting the ball out faster and spreading the field? Thank you for the super. Zach, I'll let you answer this and then sign us off, bro.
0: I mean, I thought he had one of the quicker releases Russell Wilson did of all quarterbacks, but uh, it depends on the scheme. It depends on the play call. I think they're going to have a lot of quick hitters, either over the middle to a tight end like Albert O, Jerry Judy, a receiver like that, getting the ball in the playmaker's hands. So they're going to do whatever's best for the offense, but – don't forget about Javante in this equation. A lot of Broncos fans, rightly so, are focusing on the passing game and the receivers and Albert and all these other uh, factors, but the running game will benefit big time from that. So if they're more of a balanced offense, 50-50, then 70-30 pass first, let's say, don't say we didn't warn you.
1: Well said. I can I can add no more to that conversation. Claude Riley, what's up,
2: bro?
0: Take care, guys. Thanks again for tuning in with us tonight. And as always, go Broncos.
2: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. Paid for by America First Legal. You see where your business can go. To get there, you may need another
0: 10 trucks. At Century Insurance, we put more than 115 years of industry experience
2: to work to help protect you as you launch a new delivery service or expand into a new region and reach your business goals. Century right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin.
0: For a complete listing of companies, visit century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy
1: for complete coverage details.